Retirement. That's a fuzzy place somewhere in the future for many people. Do we have to retire? How do we prepare for it? Will we really be free? And what does that mean exactly? I'm going to answer these questions and more as I travel the road. I'll cover different topics related to having the life you want. I don't pretend to have all the answers, so sometimes I'll have a guest who knows more than I do about a particular subject. I'm Jackie Doucette, and this is Beyond Retirement. Just sit back, relax, and let me lead you on a journey to freedom. Hi, welcome to episode 36 in season one of Beyond Retirement. I wonder if I can stop saying that. I'm trying to differentiate between my solo episodes and those with guests, which are season two. I guess it's pretty obvious whether or not I have a guest. The music is different at the start. Are you still listening to the intro? I know most people skip it. But I suppose the biggest giveaway that I'm doing a solo episode is that I don't start by saying, today I'm really thrilled to be joined by when I'm doing a solo episode. Before I get going today, I want to take a moment to thank all of you, my faithful listeners, for coming back week after week and helping my ratings. I don't think I thanked you all for the huge success of my uh, season two launch back in December. Because of you, Beyond Retirement got into the top 100 podcasts for business in Canada and made it to number 12 for careers. Those high rankings were short-lived, of course, because iTunes rankings depend on day-to-day results, and once the big blitz was over, we settled into our groove. But that groove is nothing to be overlooked. According to Chartable, a podcast tracking service, I'm in the top 500 business podcasts for the U.S. at number 477. I'm pretty happy with that. Thank you so much for putting me there. So in my last episode, I talked a little bit about flight route hacking to get better prices on trips. Route hacking doesn't always work, but it can save you serious bucks when it does. Today I'm going to touch a little bit on points cards as a way to reduce the dollar costs of your flights. There are a lot of people out there who pride themselves on being experts in collecting points. I'm not one of them. I've had an Air Miles card since 1986, and I've never used the points for flights. I think I've redeemed points for movie tickets maybe four times at about 100 100 points a pop. And I bought some electronic thing a while ago that was about 350 points. I've currently got about 2,100 points in the account. As you can see, I'm not doing it right. But I'm here to tell you a little bit about the right way. So just remember, on this one, do as I say, not as I do. The first thing that all the experts agree upon is that you're never going to get anywhere if you're using your debit card to pay for stuff. It's handy, sure but you're giving away your money and you're getting nothing for it, except the thing you're buying, of course. So as long as you're disciplined enough to hold on to that cash in your bank account till the bill comes, start using your credit card for all your purchases. You have to pay off that bill every month, though, without fail, or you're going to find yourself in trouble. Now, before you jump on the credit card for purchasing bandwagon, be sure that you've got a card that's earning you the best kind and quantity of points. All cards are not equal, and neither are the benefits of having them. You can get reward cards that earn travel points, money back, store points, gas, and I'm sure there are many other things. Most reward cards have a hefty annual fee and a higher than average interest rate because they're offering you something tangible in return for your purchases. Something to keep in mind when you're selecting your rewards card is whether you're going to use the card a lot. 
I know it sounds like a no-brainer. Why would you get a card that earns you points if you're not going to use them? Or it. But sometimes people don't use their card very often, and sometimes they forget they've got points. If you use your credit card a lot, you'll most likely earn enough reward points to offset the annual fee attached, and that's something important to remember. So travel reward cards offer points every time you make a purchase, and the points can be redeemed towards airfare or hotel accommodation. Cashback cards generally give you rebates on your purchases. Around you know, 0.5 to 4% rebate, depending on the card and on the purchase. Usually you can pick a couple of categories of purchases to get the high ticket rebates, and then other purchases get the low rebates. Store points cards let you earn points that can be used toward purchases in the specific store the card is from. And gas rewards cards simply offer you discounts on gas or free fill-ups. Quite often the rewards cards, especially the travel ones, will also offer insurance of various types at no extra charge. Travel medical insurance, trip cancellation protection, stuff like that, which can be very useful and can save you a lot of money and hassles if you ever need it. A great place for Canadians to check out various cards and compare what they offer is ratehub.ca. Another uh, site is moneysense.ca. For you Americans out there, either nerdwallet.com or thepointsguide.com will give you some sound advice. And if you happen to be in Australia, or from Australia, if you go to ratecity.com.au, you'll get a summary of Australia's cards. I apologize for those of you elsewhere in the world. I simply wasn't able to find satisfactory sites to cover all of you. And all of those websites will be in the show notes. Most cards have great sign-up bonuses, offering you a truckload of points after you've made a qualifying purchase, which is usually two to $4,000 in the first couple of months. Remember, you need to pay off those purchases every single month for it to truly benefit you. I've had a couple of friends over the years tell me that they don't mind paying interest on their cards because they're essentially paying for the privilege of having instant gratification. Don't fall into that trap. Believe me, you're much better off delaying the gratification a bit and saving up the money to make the purchase. While you're evaluating all the card options available to you, be sure to think about what you're going to want to use the points for. I know I said at the beginning that I was going to talk a little bit about travel points, but maybe you're happy getting cash back for your purchases. What about discounts on daily necessities by using a store points card? Not everyone wants to travel, so flight and hotel points aren't really the be-all and end-all. It's important to figure out what suits your lifestyle best. Which brings me to my earlier comment about movie tickets. I used to enjoy seeing movies in the cinema, but I absolutely hate paying 10 to 15 bucks for a ticket. So using my measly little earnings to get cinema gift cards seemed like a great deal to me. At least it used to. I'm working a lot harder now to build up the flight mile points. It's important to make the best possible use of your money, whatever you decide. One site that I've started to go to for a lot of advice and inspiration is the Extra Pack of Peanuts website. I've mentioned them before. Travis and Heather Sherry have one of the highest rated travel podcasts on iTunes, and their website has loads of great information about traveling and life in general. I highly recommend checking it out. ExtrapackofPeanuts.com The bottom line with points cards is that you have to pick the one or two or three cards that will best serve you 
and only you can decide which cards those might be. Take a look at your spending habits to figure out where you might benefit most from rebates or rewards. I like the cards that give you different reward amounts for different categories um, when you when you can switch up the main categories to suit your changing needs. I used to have a, a cashback card that did that. You'd get 4% cashback for groceries and gas, for example, for a month. And then you could switch it if you wanted, if you were going to be going away, and then you could get the 4% on hotel uh, accommodations and gas or whatever you want, but you can switch them back and forth and, and make a little bit of your money back that way. Just remember, always pay off the cards at the end of the billing cycle. Don't let the debt pile up. Thanks for sticking around today. Next week, I'm going to be chatting with Dana and David Hagstrom, who will be talking about how to bridge the gap between working and retirement and how they're helping people do that. Be sure to join us for that. And that's our show for this week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm your host, Jackie Doucette. If you liked what you heard, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, review the show, and leave me a rating. It helps me move up in the ranks and reach more people. If you've got any questions or comments, drop by my website, www.beyondretirement.ca, and leave me a short message. Thanks again for listening, and we'll chat again next week.